I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, guys. We are going solo today, just Emily and I. And in today's episode, we want to talk about diet red flags. So like what makes a diet a diet? How can you tell if it's a diet so you don't do the diet? <laughs> yeah. We will probably say the word diet a million times. Someone please count and put it in some kind of comment somewhere. How many times you say the word diet today? Yeah. Yes. And kind of like Hannah mentioned, the biggest reason is when you hear about that new diet, your neighbor's starting, or you hear about that new diet that your coworkers starting, kind of, you can ask these questions. And I think we talked about this in a previous episode and be curious about what they're doing, but to kind of get a better, I don't know, gauge of if this is a diet or lifestyle for you that might be realistic but we're gonna go into it and we're excited for this one because there's many of them are I'm already thinking of the name like 20 red flags oh my gosh probably at least 20 (laughs) yeah um but just to kind of get it started you're kind of like Emily Hannah if you're new to the podcast you might already know our opinion but no, I said that incorrectly. If you're not new to the podcast, you already know our opinion. <laughs> if you are new, you're probably wondering, Emily, Hannah, why do you care if it's a diet? It's because diets don't work. Period. Pretty simple. They just don't work. They are most commonly associated with short-term success. It's oftentimes just a severe calorie deficit in one way or another, whatever creative way they kind of like to make it. Um, and we also have a episode called what's so bad about dieting with Kayla Beckman way back when, and we really go into the harms of dieting and kind of more of those cons a lot more in depth. We will link that episode in the podcast description. So you can listen to that as well, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about what those red flags are and we have a long list of them. So we're going to get right into it. So first and foremost first diet red flag is if they promise quick results, lose 20 pounds in one week or they're almost always weight loss related. It's not usually ones like lower your blood sugar today. Like, no, it's always like weight loss (laughs) stuff. It's always weight loss for the most part. So if they promise any kind of quick weight loss, that's a red flag because even if your goal is weight loss, you get to have that choice to have that goal for yourself. We are weight neutral here, but you get to have that goal anyway. If it promises quick weight loss, it's not a good one because quick weight loss is not how we should be losing weight if that is your goal. Yeah, quick weight loss is not sustainable. Yes, nope. exactly. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, that's number one. I don't know how we're going to like go through these. I guess maybe like back and forth and kind of just like chat about each one a little bit. Yeah, that I works think for me. Some might have more tangents than others, as you guys oh, yeah. oh, know yeah. by now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, next red flag. This one is like a subtweet <laughs> limits food groups. AKA keto and like plenty of other diets. The starch solution. Oh, I forgot about that one. Carnivore diet. Adkins. They're all just the same thing, basically. In different little ways. Yep. 
which is all just a way of creating a calorie deficit. But yeah, if it limits a food group, that's a diet red flag because you don't need to cut out anything to be a healthy human. Again, even if your goal is weight loss. Yeah. Especially like carbs, for example, when like, that's our body's the nutrient it needs the most of. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Especially when it like blanket states, it's a blanket statement for everyone. That's just not, yes, not, not individualized. And we're all about individualized nutrition here. And I'm not going to just tell everyone one thing based off of maybe one patient that would not make sense. Right. That'd be silly. You have different lives. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Like I have a patient who doesn't like to eat breakfast because she just doesn't and does not impact the rest of her day. And she's doing really well. Does that mean I'm going to tell everyone else to also not eat breakfast? No, because it usually is a very helpful thing to include. We have a whole episode on that actually, but that's another good red flag, which I don't know if we have on here, but if it just gives like a general, like rules you have to follow. That one's probably on here somewhere, but it's, it's gotta be on here. We have a lot. Of them. That's that. <laughs> it's got next step. Next one kind of goes that opposite direction. So there's the ones that tell you not to eat a certain food. The other ones that emphasize this food is the best thing in the entire world. It's going to cure cancer. It's going to cure every single disease state. Like it's going to get rid of all your problems, like the cabbage soup diet or the grapefruit diet. We should not be romanticizing one food. No, no. Cabbage soup might be fine. Grapefruit might be fine. Those are good things to have. I'm sure they're tasty. Actually, I know grapefruit is cabbage soup. I don't really know. Doesn't sound too great. But anyway, nothing magical about those. And eating just those things in large quantities likely will do more harm than good when you have a nutrient deficiency. Yes. Variety is important. Yes. Not only for your physical health, but also that mental well being. Oh, you mean mental health is a part of your total well being? What? It's not just how much you weigh? (laughs) What? see okay next one (laughs) sounds too good to be true so the example i have for this one is like the ones that say like lose weight while you sleep or lose weight while eating more than ever those are claims that are likely too good to be true and therefore are likely not going to happen for you yeah if you saw something on like a magazine where someone lost however much weight in whatever time or their body completely changed. There's probably something else going on there. And it's, if it's too good to be true, it is believe, believe them, trust your gut, trust your gut with that. I don't think I've ever seen a time where a claim is upheld. It's what it argues. Something I always talk about too, is like, it's kind of boring to like, just generally eat what's healthy for you. (laughs) Like, it's not very exciting. It's mostly just like eating consistently, getting enough groceries every week if you can, like eating fruits and veggies when you can. Like it's not going to be, ooh, this magical food or like cut out this, do whatever. Like it's going to be kind of boring actually. And that's a good thing because then you have more brain space for other things besides just the food that you're thinking about 24 seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Next red flag is going to be good and bad foods. And this might not be... They've been a little bit more tricky with this nowadays. They know how to hide it a little bit better because we're we're out here scouting things out for you guys. <laughs> so good versus bad foods can also be 
hidden in forms or like I'm blanking on the term I'm looking for. I'm thinking camouflage. Disguise. That's I'm like camouflage. <laughs> Disguise in the form of points. One food is more points than a different food or a traffic light system where we all love that red, yellow, and green foods where you have to eat less red and eat more green. Looking at you, Noob. Yeah. Those are other forms of good versus bad foods. Likes to be a little bit more sneaky with it, but yeah. And they'll they'll advertise it as we don't say good versus bad foods, but there's that psychological component when you know there's something like a food you should eat more of, or they tell you to eat more of, you're going to view that more as a good food. And then they have something as a comparison. Exactly. Like Weight Watchers and the points, there's zero point foods, AKA good foods, or there's foods that have points, AKA in your mind, bad foods. How are you going to feel when you eat a zero point food versus when you eat a food that has like 15 points? Like they say, you can have whatever you want. They say all foods fit, but you're going to feel a lot different when you eat some zero point cottage cheese versus a 10, 20 point burger psychologically physically you can have both and be just fine yeah oh yeah mentally you likely are going to feel some guilt because of that self-inflicted good bad point thing yeah yeah Yeah. okay our next one uh i think of like optavia for this one discourages exercise or like just doesn't include exercise or even says like you don't even need to exercise you can just lose weight by eating these foods no need to do any kind of movement and while it can be true that you can lose weight without exercising if that is your goal to lose weight exercise is a very important part of our health physical and mental and even if you could lose weight without exercise doesn't necessarily mean it was a good thing yeah we kind of have to reflect on the purpose behind how we view exercise like is this a means to get some movement in and like build muscle or my mental health kind of that or is it a means to lose weight kind of having some type of reflection on that and then on top of everything and then on top of everything the diet will tell you too it's just there's a lot going on there like Optavia they specifically say the reason why you shouldn't do much exercise with them is because the diet is so restrictive you're eating 800 calories a day of course you shouldn't be exercising you are burning that and then some just by like being a human being. So you need a lot more if you're going to be exercising. They can't afford for you to be passing out. Because their health coaches wouldn't know what to do if you did, because they're not trained medical professionals. They're just part of a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Go listen to that Octavia episode. (laughs) Yes. Go check out that episode for, we go all in depth on it. We've got diet reviews for a lot of these. So yeah, if there's one that you hear us talk about, we probably have a review on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Next one, my, one of my favorite ones is if they sell a product with it, like a supplement or a book, most times often than not, they don't care about your health. And I mean this in a way that like, I don't want, like, well, I do want you to get upset at the system and whatnot, but it can be really hard to hear when maybe someone you idolize or whoever it is, some influencer, they start promoting this new program and they're like, I don't know. They, no one promotes anything else really other than weight loss, unless you're like 
our pharmaceutical company but right. like obviously they they've got all the fish to fry <laughs> fish <laughs> just to fry. weight loss but oftentimes they'll be like oh buy my book and it only works if you read my book and or the best way like or even their program, just what it encompasses. You have to purchase this supplement, like this protein shake or this protein powder in order for it to work. And they're like, you can do it without, but the best way to have results is to purchase this. And they are trying to get your money. They are not trying to help you from a health standpoint. Yes. And like Emily and I own our own businesses. We also own a business together. And so like we we are trying to make money too. Of course we like want to feed ourselves, but it's about like how you go about it. Like Emily said, like if you are saying like you have to take the supplement or else you are not going to be successful, red flag. (laughs) Or if you don't read my book, you don't know what I'm talking about. Right. That's a subtweet, right? I know you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. We can't say the name because we'll probably get sued. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> they know it's wrong, but I know yeah. exactly who you're no, talking they know. about. They know. They know. They know. They're listening to this, but if they were. <laughs> they're not listening to this. They don't, they don't believe in like evidence-based they nutrition. So non-diet culture. All foods fit. Which is hilarious. As Can I say this? They're a dietitian. I can say that. There are a lot of, there's there a lot, lot of those. those. There's a lot of us out there. Yeah. People have got to know we're not all good. That's that goes for any profession. Yeah, that's true. They're not all going to be good. And, that's and okay. there are people who probably don't think that we're good and that's okay. But yeah, <laughs> this one individual, <laughs> we should have her on. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> before we get to see, let's go on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one is if the diet promotes a low calorie so like a low calorie goal. So like, even if it is some dietitian, trainer, doctor, whoever prescribing like a calorie goal for you, if it's too low, if it's like a low calorie goal, that's a red flag. I don't want to generalize here because everyone's calorie needs are so insanely different. And even day to day, it's going to be so, so different. I don't love giving like a calorie goal out there, but I will say that speaking again, very generally, most adults, most adults definitely need at least, at least more than 1500 calories a day. And there are tons and tons and tons of like diet plans, trainers, nutritionists, even dietitians who are giving out much lower calorie goals than that. So red flag, unless you're like a sedentary four foot eight, 97 year old, you (laughs) probably need more than 1200 calories a day. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking, I'm like, I hope my future is like that. I hope I'm 97 and just like vibing <laughs> just drinking some <laughs> drinking some like tequila and yeah not having a care in the world I'm like yeah I hope I'm done working by then <laughs> oh dear lord I better be like 80 years retired by then that's too long 80 like 50 years, years retired <laughs> I'm gonna retire in my 40s I was max. gonna say I'm like oh my gosh we have a lot of work to do well yeah but I believe I believe in us too yeah and we can be 97 together if you guys make this go viral, Emily and I can retire at age 40. You <laughs> can't be sedentary. And then we can just drink tequila till we're 97 <laughs> with our dog cafe that we're going to open. Yes. Oh my gosh. We haven't told them that. We're going to no. open a dog cafe. We decided. We have no idea where, when, or how, but we're gonna you guys rescue, are going to hear it first. Yes. We're going to rescue dogs and then you can come visit our cafe and you can adopt a dog. Oh, it's going to be an Airbnb too. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can like stay there and like we'll have a coffee shop outside. Yeah. Or like attached. So it'll be somewhere near it. Yeah. So stay t- stay tuned. <laughs> and they're gonna have the podcast playing on like the over like the intercom. You could have a little history corner, like oh my get gosh. to know Emily and Hannah, and then like we could do like the first microphone. <laughs> like, oh gosh, I have it right here. It's not good. In a museum. <laughs> oh my gosh. We will not play the podcast. <laughs> no, I promise we won't do that. We'll we'll play some classy music. But yeah. I thought that'd be hilarious if we did do that. Or maybe in the corner, some uh, it could be playing like a little teleprompt or like a little video excerpt. Oh, oh. Or we're like just a, making this a museum. <laughs> I know. An Airbnb museum cafe. With rescue dogs. <laughs> with rescue dogs that you can drink coffee with and pet dogs. It could be like a jukebox where like you put in a nickel <gasps> and then you get to pick, pick an episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Okay. Let us know your business. <laughs> Let us know your feedback. What do you guys want to see in our cafe? Yeah. Slash museum. Slash dog shelter. <laughs> yes. Um, the next red flag for diets is if they encourage specific food combinations. And I will make a disclaimer here because from a very basic, oh my gosh, it's storming here suddenly. I don't know. It's like my sky is green. I don't know what's going on. So. Oh, that's not a good thing. No, it's not. Oh, oh I, I heard that. Could- <laughs> oh my gosh. I probably shouldn't be next to a window, but you know, it's fine. You guys matter. Emily is risking her life for this podcast. <laughs> uh, but the disclaimer with the specific food combinations is from like a way back when, like a blood sugar stability standpoint, we talk about like adding protein in meals and not having a carb by itself. And Han- like Hannah says, like, don't eat a carb naked. Like, yeah, that's different than this. This is like, that's like very... We're not Very saying like surface. how many carbs, how much protein, no, which or like carb, a specific, which specific like type of carb or specific, yeah. it's like very general, very general. It's more so the ones that are like add chia seeds to your water for improved digestion and weight loss. And I actually saw a video about this yes, today. It's everywhere. I was like what is it's what the internal it? shower. I'm like, what does that That mean? sounds awful. <laughs> If I heard the words internal like shower, syndrome to the me. last thing I would want to do is try that thing out. If I heard the phrase internal shower. No, I do not want anyone cleaning my insides. Like please stay out of there. Oh, I get it now. I was thinking like, wait, what is it? <laughs> like, it's like cleaning you out. I get it. I was thinking like the physical mechanics of showering, how or like it falls. Brushing. No, like oh. how like the water falls. I was thinking like, like stuff like, like, falling through your digestive tract <laughs> that makes way more sense oh. it's like it's cleaning your insides that's what my interpretation was but that just sounds no. like diarrhea that makes me. i mean it's literally what it is it's like what any detox is yeah just as you that's our actually our last one on here is it makes you poop your brains out if any diet makes you poop your brains <laughs> out that's our red flag <laughs> yeah <laughs> diarrhea does not need to be part of your no, we're not trying to have journey. diarrhea regularly. <laughs> no, you will become dehydrated and it's not going to be good. No, and you will probably experience type some type of like nutrient malabsorption. Yes. Don't poop your brains out, please. Okay. 
Our next one I think is very interesting. And I used to be a culprit of this. Mm-hmm. Evidence is based, evidence of the diet is based on before and after photos and other testimonials. And the big point here is that you cannot assess someone's health just by looking at them. So if you go to Optavia's website and you see a bunch of before and after photos as a way to get you to buy or become part of their pyramid scheme, mm-hmm. that's, that's not a good thing. Just because people lost weight on Optavia does not mean it's a good healthy diet to be following. Yeah. Yeah. Bonnie shape does not equate to health. Nope. This goes for all aspects. You can't determine that by a picture. You can't determine that by a video or anything. Even a testimonial. Like if they even say this worked for me, I feel great. Just because someone else said that does not mean that it's going to work for you. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when it's so heavy on those before and after pictures. Oh my gosh. Because that just perpetuates that idea that weight loss equals success. Yes. Can we look at their labs? Can we look at like their Their mental mental health? health? Can we look at like anthropometrics or like more body composition, like distribution? Like it's not just weight loss. Skinnier is better. Exactly. And this who are we talking? I think we were talking to Katie and she's talking about like this thin focused society. We associate thin with like success and we we're trying to break away from that because that's just not true. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. You don't know how they lost weight. Also, right. You don't even know if in those before and afters, this is what always gets me is if it actually was Optavia. I was just going to say that. What if they weren't even, like, what if they didn't even lose weight with Optavia? What if they just like lost weight somewhere else or another, yeah. another way? Yeah. You don't know. They could have been done doing something else. Maybe they were training. Maybe they didn't even do Optavia, but they like started like working with a personal trainer and like they went from no exercise to exercise, like exercising, right? Right. Like we don't know. Because it's a photo, not yeah. evidence. No. Yeah. Which is kind of like the next one too. Yes. Oh my. This next one makes me so upset. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, Kylie Jenner, like the whole Kardashian. Just because some person on the internet told you it worked for them does not mean you can apply that to everyone. Especially celebrities. I mean, anybody that says that, of course, but like celebrities are the worst for this. Yeah. Or they'll promote some book. They're getting paid to promote that. They're getting paid so much money and they have so many people following them that fall for it, which is just terrible. Yeah. They are making bank off that. And I can probably promise you they aren't doing it. Like they're no, no. or that like athlete, especially. Oh my gosh, the athlete ones when there's like endorsements. Oh, yes. Around things. Normally those are a little bit more, I feel like not as much like. It's not, they're not as wild because they're normally working with a sports dietitian or like, like it would be something like outrageous that they're like, you cannot promote this. Um, but just because a celebrity said that it worked for them does not even mean they're doing it. Does not even mean they're doing it. They are getting paid 80% of the time. I, I don't know their lives, so I can't say hundred, but 80% of the time it is. They are making some money off of that. I highly doubt Kim Kardashian is taking those like sugar bear gummies every day. No. 
No, her, her hair and skin looks good because she's rich and she can pay someone to make it look good. Not because oh, she's yeah. taking sugar she bear gummies. Lots of resources that we do not have access to. Yes. But you do have access to sugar bear gummies, so let's just push that up on people. Yeah. Ah, so dumb. Okay. Next one. It is a diet red flag if the diet claims there is a best way to do something. It's like Emily and I just said, or have been saying, or have said a million times before today. It's individualized. Health is individualized. There's no one best way that is universal in terms of nutrition. So like to say that like cutting carbs is the best way to manage blood sugars for those who have diabetes. That may be true for some people, but definitely not for everybody. Nope. Not at all. Ugh, blanket statements. Not my cup of tea. Don't fall for them. They are universally a red flag. Yes. Which was a blanket statement to say that, but... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, our next red flag is if they replace meals with supplements. So that's kind of going all the way back to like, if they tell you like you need this supplement, but also if they're telling you just to not eat food, like Herbalife, Optavia. There's such a complete Shakeology. Yes, 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 yes. All of those. They, eating is so much more than just nutrients in your body there's also the process of chewing our foods socializing like having time to sit down during a busy work day and then eat it's more it's not just like some like quick shake that you can do like i i think the only time i really ever will recommend like a shake it's like a protein shake if you like need a snack or like don't like breakfast or something like that where it's kind of just a supplement. Yeah. Yeah. A supplement, not a replacement. No. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's telling you straight up what it is. It's not supposed to, it's not called a a replacement or replacements. (laughs) They are though. They have like meal replacements. Oh, right. right, Problem. But they shouldn't be replacing meals. No, no, no. They are supposed to supplement your life. Yeah. Unless, like Emily said, it's like you would typically skip breakfast. You find that to be a negative experience for you. Then by all means, replace that skipping with a replacement. But do not eat your delicious balanced dinner and replace that with a protein supplement. Yeah. Eat eat your balanced dinner. You'll feel more satisfied. Yes. Yes. Okay. This next one, I'm like thinking about intuitive eating. This one, I feel like doesn't always apply. I think it's in conjunction with other red flags. Okay. It may not on its own be a red flag. So this one is if they call it a lifestyle. So yeah, there's plenty of things like Emily and I live a certain lifestyle and we don't think that's diety. <laughs> no. But like if it's called a lifestyle, but like it has other red flags, it kind of just like makes it more of a red flag. Yes. Yes, this is definitely like if it's already there's already some questionable things going on, and then they add this on top of it, and they like tell you to commit. I was I feel like it's also the time commitment component of it. Mm. Like, do you need to like dramatically plan your life out around meals and be thinking about this constantly? That's the next one. That's the next one. It's inflexible. Yeah, like you can't ever go on vacation, or like you only get to eat Optavia's four dollar a month foods. Like there's no room for flexibility at all. Like if your friends want to go out for dinner on Friday, you have to say no because it's not Optavia approved. 
no no one wants to live like that like miss out on like so much of life all that just for like some weight loss there's there's other ways to go about that yeah if that is your goal yeah next one is buzzwords some of my favorite buzzwords that are diety red flags so superfoods once again romanticizing those different foods because they're so amazing from every whatever they do they'll cure everything mm-hmm. or boosting metabolism oh my gosh like eating boosts your metabolism i don't even know <laughs> like if that like even makes sense but like eating helps your metabolism right there's the thermic effect of food where when you eat food it actually burns calories to like digest that food yeah and then detox detox is like my trigger word the only detox you should do is like a social media detox or like a detox friendship maybe relationship detox relationship relationship detox yes we support those food wise exercise wise your body is handling that for you. A-okay. If you've yes. got kidneys, liver, lungs, skin, or, or organs, um, intestines, your yeah. body is handling that for you. Oh yeah. Okay. Next one. This goes back to like evidence. Um, if the conclusions that the diet makes are based on either like a singular study or studies done on rodents, because rodents are humans, so like, for example, if the, if the diet says this breakthrough finding changes everything based on like one study, but like no other studies to like support that, that's like a one-off chance. Like any, any one could likely make one study that proves one particular point. Yeah. But we need like a pool of evidence to make something to be more likely true or effective. Oh, always makes me like when people... And this is something fun you can also do when people always love to get in arguments with healthcare professionals online is they like will cite their sources. Check that source. Is that a human study? Is that like all single case case study? Is that a single like is it like from you don't even the need 1930s? to know? <laughs> yeah, you don't even need to know all the different types of research articles. All you really need to check for is what is this subject? I mean, like obviously, like there's re- there's reasons we have like researchers to interpret all this but like just to get kind of for you to be able to interpret that like check the subject and then check the year and from there on out i feel like you can you can determine a lot yeah. from that yeah next one's kind of similar if yes. it maybe the diet maybe sounds scientific but isn't actually evidence based like the blood type diet like it sounds super fancy if you have type A blood to cut out this, that, and the other, but like that's not that's not evidence based at all. It's not a thing. Well, it's a thing, unfortunately, but it's not an evidence based thing. Yes, yeah, not evidence based. They throw in a lot of fancy words, or like just make it sound like it, it applies to like all these different metabolic like processes, or like I don't know. They just like throw sciencey words around without. It actually being true. Cool. The next one, my, one of my favorite ones. I love this is one. When they are hostile towards science, when they advertise, they don't want you to know the truth, or this is what they're not telling you, or doctors, or I, I don't even know who they target. I don't even it's know. Just they conspiracy just, theorists. They just say they. I'm like, who is they? <laughs> 
the government i don't know if the government isn't telling us weight loss things <laughs> like, i, I think... mean at this point who knows <laughs> but whenever they like attack whenever these diets or like whatever these programs attack someone like they don't want you to know whatever it is it's probably not evidence-based for a reason and it almost yep. creates this like us versus them type yes. mindset which is then it becomes like a cult oh <laughs> yes it's kind of like keto they don't want you to know that carbs are actually what's going to kill you oh. <laughs> no it's fine what's actually killing you is the stress from like not eating an apple or from like if you eat an apple the stress that you overate your 30 carbs for the day ah okay yeah, yeah. almost every episode turned into like a keto bashing <laughs> well keto is still around so i'm gonna we're gonna keep going at it until it dies least. or at least like reinvents itself into the next thing although i guess it kind of already has with the carnivore diet yeah it's already it's already transforming uh, it's more extreme of course yeah okay our next one we're wrapping up here we actually only have a couple more if the diet gives a timeline, that's a red flag. So it says like seven day detox or four week weight loss challenge. Your health should be like for life. Should it be like <laughs> lifelong detox? <laughs> oh God. No, don't do that. But like intuitive eating, I mean, I also are obviously very biased towards intuitive eating, but like with that intuitive eating is like not a destination. It's like a whole like journey working towards this place of piece of food and all of that we can't we don't we shouldn't give like timelines on when you're gonna be a intuitive eater so to speak or things like that because it's that's a diet red flag if a diet gives you a timeline of when you'll reach said goal red flag yeah yeah it's everyone's everyone works at their own pace it's not individualized Okay, the next one is going to be if they promise weight loss in a specific part of your body. So if they're like, examples, get rid of the cellulite or losing inches on your waist or shrinking your thighs. I'm trying to remember, I swear we did, we talked about this before and like maybe it was like a- I think it was a fitness fitness. That's what I was thinking, where like you can't control what's hard. Our body does not want to- (laughs) Our body resists change. <laughs> it does, especially when we're trying to manipulate it body composition wise. It's not just going to roll over and do whatever we want. Yeah. It kind of gets to decide if weight loss is occurring or body composition changes are occurring. It's going to decide where it happens first. You can't really target a specific area. That's not, there isn't evidence supporting that. Yeah. And, I needed to hear this 10 years ago. So I'm going to say it in case someone else needs to hear this. Cellulite is absolutely normal and fine. And yes, most females and even some males have it. It's just like a part of it being a human. Yes. It's not bad. It's something diet culture is demonized to Sell manipulate stuff. us into like thinking we need to get rid of it. Yeah. And then they'll like Photoshop pictures and magazines to make it look like none of these models do have it when it's very normal and it's fine and it's not based on like health first of all or even like your body size like people in smaller bodies have it people on larger bodies yeah. have it it's 
it's highly genetic is what it's really, really coming down to for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Diet yeah. culture sucks. Well, our yeah. last one, we kind of already told you if it makes you poop your brains out, that's a <laughs> diet red flag. <laughs> you should not be pooping more than normal just for the sake of weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sure so, there's some that we didn't think of. So if you guys have any others. Maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah. We, yeah. we knocked out a lot, but I'm sure the internet will surprise us. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So I guess final thoughts are take kind of this list into account. And when you hear about something someone's trying, kind of reflect on, is this a diet? And will this be sustainable? And kind of what are the motivations behind it as well? Like, do they want me to be successful long-term? Do they want just my money? <laughs> what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. You hear the thunder, by the way. It is like so loud. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm actually in the middle of a tsunami. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's like so dark and storming and flashing. Ugh. We've got like some kind of like, I don't know if it's a warning or like a watch, but we have some kind of thing too. I bet it's going to hit you first and then it's going to come to me. Mm. Oh, gross. Okay. <laughs> well, let's finish up then so Emily doesn't get swooped up by the wind. <laughs> so our bonus question today, which I'm excited for, what is the best form to like eat a potato? Emily. I thought, oh my gosh, I just saw the lightning flash in my screen. Oh my gosh. Do you see the? <gasps> I see it. See that? <laughs> I okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm unsafe. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I've probably gone through worse. Definitely <laughs> gone through worse. <laughs> um, I thought long and hard about this, and I have I have a ranking. Oh. It's not they're not on the same levels because I was like, these two other ones deserve recognition. Recognition. But in third place for me, it's going to be potato chips. I oh. love potato chips. I love things that are salty and crunchy. Like I'm a potato chip fiend. And me there's too. so many flavors. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Number two is going to be French fries. One, that's a huge category, but like French fries are incredible. Didn't we do a best French fry episode? We okay, did. We did. We did. We did. A while back. That was a while ago. Number one for me, and I feel like this is going to be very boring. I have my reasoning story. It's going to be mashed potatoes. That is so controversial. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I don't really eat mashed potatoes often just because like, uh, I yeah. just don't eat them often, but I love mashed potatoes and gravy or sweet potato casserole mashed potatoes. Like those, I could eat all day, any day. And the only reason I think they're up there is because of the texture. Like I love the smoothness of it. It's like so satisfying and like different types. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're leaving us all in just so you guys could know what we go through for this podcast. (laughs) We're gonna like not edit that out. Yeah, normally it's pretty quiet around here, but not not today. Yeah, those are my top three. Okay. Very controversial. 
yeah, the mashed potatoes are very controversial because I don't agree with those who are critiquing, but some will say that it's kind of boring. It's like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, texture is just like mm-hmm. not exciting, oh, yeah. but I, they're really good. They're definitely not in my top three, but they're really, really good. I totally agree with your potato chips and fries ranking. I might have to go with like hash browns for my first choice, like a Trader Joe's, like formed, Mm -hmm. fried. mm. Hash browns are so good. So good. I also love like the the, um, diner style where they're like, oh yeah. Like a a mess. Yeah. 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 But I was thinking like, what else are there? There's like au gratin there's baked potato baked potato is not a favorite of mine no that's like at the bottom of the list yeah I turn it into mashed potatoes yeah and there's like Um, all the kinds of fries of course like right wedge stay curly are there other I mean vodka (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay I don't know know how it ended but (laughs) I I brought up vodka I don't know if you heard that because that's a potato isn't it Okay. Emily was gone before that. If you guys, I don't know how we're going to edit this, but the storm kicked Emily out of the podcast. So yeah, it took my Wi-Fi for a second. We're going to swiftly end this before Emily dies. Yes. Before I lose connection with the world again, but yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay guys. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of The Upbeat Dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.